Welcome back to Wellbound. We're your hosts, Peyton Janicek and Brooke Snyder. And today we're going to talk all about natural energy sources. So we're going to kind of be a little bit, not all over the place with this one, but we're going to talk about some natural sources of energy as we think of, you know, food and things like that. And then also relate that to natural sources of like caffeine type energy. Cause I think people have maybe two different ideas of what energy is sometimes. Yeah. I feel like especially this time of the year, I know I get a lot of questions from clients and things about like, Oh, I just feel tired all the time or fatigued all the time. And like, how can I boost my energy? Like what supplement do I need to take? And I just think that our goal here today is for us to talk about first and foremost, do you need a supplement? Like, is there a supplement that you need to be taking to boost energy? Can we do this through food first? And then what foods and what products may help boost energy naturally? So I think that's our goal overall. Yeah. And so when we talk about energy, um, I want to point out first and foremost is food. Food is energy. And we do hear a lot of people say like all these things, which are valid, you know, like, oh, I'm tired. I'm just, I can't, you know, seem to get through the day without feeling laggy, all these things. But there are a lot of factors that we need to consider rather than just like, uh, you know, I'm just tired because of not having enough energy. But what is that? Right. I think it's important to remember too that um, a lot of people get hung up on the term calories, but I like to mention calories are a measure of energy, Mm -hmm. just like inches or centimeters are a measure of length. So um, when you say food is energy, I mean, broken down, that's totally correct. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so when we talk about like energy as far as food goes, right? So we might think of carbohydrates, proteins, fats, all these things that are these kcals per kilogram, right? And so that is, we convert that into energy for our bodies to utilize. This is why the conversation of, you know, our bodies not having enough energy usually is relayed in a dietitian format to we need to eat more food. Um, Whether you're, you know, out, for example, running a marathon. When we're running a marathon and you run out of energy, what do you do? You feel back up with energy. Right. And typically, you know, we've talked about this in the past where that's like the gels and all these things because of the the environment that you're in, you're running and you don't have time to eat a cheeseburger or whatever. Yeah, you, know? you need a quick convenient source. But yeah, it's not that you're continuing to just slam energy drinks throughout the race or one more scoop of, pro- of pre-workout powder. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, yeah. that's not always the answer. Right. And so I do want to talk a little bit about maybe the aspect of caffeine in relation to this and we can kind of start there and and move on to some of the other factors that affect our energy levels later yeah go ahead um but i think now to being pregnant for example and if any of you listening are pregnant or plan to be there is a recommendation that we're supposed to say under 200 milligrams of caffeine per day or less um and the reason for this i didn't know at the beginning i'm like oh well you know i personally know that I'm very sensitive to caffeine. So in general, I probably have mentioned this before that I do decaf coffee drinks. I don't have a lot of caffeine in general. Um, It just, it makes my heart race. I feel dizzy, all the things. Um, So I'm just really sensitive to it. However, um, there are actual reasons 
why we want to limit this in pregnancy, and that is it can constrict blood vessels to our uterus and placenta, which can impact the growth of the baby, obviously, with the reduced blood supply. Um, and so that's kind of the purpose for that. Obviously, not everybody listening to this is going to be pregnant. So that's like the one piece about pregnancy I'll bring up. But the reason I bring it up is to just add to the conversation about recommendations and you know what we should be consuming as far as uh, caffeine goes. So when we look at the general recommendation, um, that's about 400 milligrams per day or less. And to give an example, um, about one cup of coffee is about um, 95 milligrams yep. of caffeine. Yep. Um, and so typically when people are saying 400 milligrams per day, they're like, okay, about four to five cups of coffee, like typically four. Which is, um, I mean, it's kind of a lot. Yeah. Like that's an, that's an allotment. Right. And that's the thing is that gets brought up, but then we kind of forget that there's so many food sources of caffeine as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we kind of forget, okay, we think about caffeine maybe as like energy drinks or coffee, right? But like chocolate, cocoa, like, you know, we think of soda, things like that those do have caffeine. So all these things are contributing to our daily allotment. And for some people, you know, again, the 400 milligrams per day is just a general recommendation. Right. So for some people, they're going to need a lot less than that without, you know, having any symptoms of that. Yeah. Depending on sensitivity tolerance, just mm-hmm. like you mentioned. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, And so I did want to talk about too, um, just energy drinks in norm in general, like, there is this thing happening where the marketing's being changed to like, but it's clean. Yeah, I feel like instead of, you know, instead of the classic energy drinks of Monster, Red Bull, um, what were some of the other like ones that used to be super popular? Rockstar. Like, yeah, it was like, that was it. Yeah. Now, now we have this new wave of clean energy drinks like Celsius and Alani New and... Mm-hmm bubbler and i don't know some others tons of them (laughs) tons yeah Yeah. so sorry go ahead no yeah and i just think it's important to look into those things a little bit more because even though it's saying it's a natural source of caffeine and blah 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 like again a lot of these things aren't regulated because they are considered dietary supplements um and so that can cause issues with us not knowing exactly what are in these items and so for example not that this was really deemed like a clean a clean drink thing, but if any of you have heard kind of the debacle on Panera and their lemonade situation that's been causing some deaths. Yeah, that's been a pretty recent like hot topic lately. Yeah, yeah. So apparently, um, and I just, you know, have kind of heard briefly and then I looked up a little bit more about it to talk about it, of course. Um But there's been a couple deaths in relation to this because what I understand is, you know, they have these lemonades, they have a significant amount of caffeine in them. Um, For example, like a large serving of this is like 390 milligrams. This is called the charged lemonade, by the way, at Panera. I believe it's discontinued, right? Um, It probably should be. Okay. (laughs) I'm not not sure. Um, Somebody did did die from drinking too much of this charged lemonade correct me if i'm wrong but i believe the story goes it was a student right Mm -hmm. who was sitting at panera studying all day and drinking this charged lemonade throughout the day with obviously high amounts of caffeine um and it ended up being really detrimental because it led to 
his cause of death, correct? Yeah, I can't. Okay. There was at least two oh, deaths wow. that I saw. Oh, wow. Because um, I knew there was another one that came up. I, I didn't know that. Yeah. So the two that I kind of read about was, and again, we'll keep this brief, but this charged lemonade, um, I think there was a deal on like you could just get unlimited refills, but it wasn't really marketed well that there was so much caffeine in it. So people are, you know, people don't, we don't pay attention to like all those things. And that's just to show like we have to be very careful but they just thought they were getting lemonade. And so I think it was a, a girl, again, don't quote us on this. This is just us kind of talking about some of the situations that, that I've read through. But there was a girl who had a heart condition and she was supposed to limit caffeine. And she didn't understand that there was caffeine in this. But she had gotten a large drink that had 390 milligrams, typically consuming nothing. Um, and so she actually went into cardiac arrest. Oh my gosh. And so then the other situation was a guy who was sitting there drinking all of this kind of all day, just kind of refills and whatever. And he was actually just like walking away and like had a cardiac event. It's horrifying. Um, and so I think, again, not to scare anybody, but I think that's just the importance of knowing like what we're consuming because I mean, I can't say whether or not Panera did their marketing good or bad or whatever. It's just that we don't pay attention to those things. It's like, I wanted lemonade. That's what they had. Right. So I'm not going to really pay attention. I'm just going to go get the lemonade. Yeah. Um. And so it's not really to like the fault of the person getting the lemonade, right? But they just were unaware of that. Um. And so I think it is really important to talk about the effects that some of these drinks and things that have these high amounts of caffeine, because granted, you know, a lot of the the energy drinks have like 200 milligrams, which isn't necessarily going to like break the bank for anybody when it comes to the allotment you should be allowed every day. But people who tend to have them frequently and like multiple a yes. day and things like that, that we're not really understanding that. And I know there's also a piece to it where people are like, well, it's an energy drink it has vitamins and minerals in it so it's it's good for me yeah it's good energy right right <laughs> and it's clean energy sure. because that's you know, what it says on the front that's what it says mm -hmm. um and so that's kind of the topic that i want to bring up and brooke i know you have some information about like just caffeine and the detriment that it can have if we're not careful with it yeah, for sure. I so I'm somebody unlike Peyton. I have a pretty high tolerance for caffeine. Yes, and, you do. <laughs> and I I enjoy my coffee and my espresso and I'll get to this a little later, but just in terms of energy drinks um and maybe us as a society kind of succumbing to the marketing of the clean energy drinks and just in general, what does that really look like? I wanted to break down some of the research. A lot of my clients ask me like, "Well, what's the best energy drink I could have?" And I really like to caution them because I'm normally not somebody who categorizes things as like good foods or bad foods or good drinks or bad drinks. I think we can all have a plethora of items in our diet and you know you can have your favorite foods and they can still be a part of a healthy diet and a healthy lifestyle however I am I will go out there and say that I am not really a fan of energy drinks along with certain pre-workout powders and this is why I know we have talked about the supplement industry and how it's not regulated by the FDA the FDA is who regulates our food industry to make sure that what we are consuming is safe and effective for us to eat so this means that some products may not actually contain what's on their label. 
So again, um, meaning that there may be significantly more or less of an ingredient like caffeine in the product. So if we are going to take a deeper look into what ingredients are in an energy drink, most energy drinks contain caffeine between 150 and 300 milligrams, uh, taurine or an amino acid derivative, a B vitamin complex, a sugar or artificial sweetener, and a proprietary blend is what they call it of herbs, botanicals, and other stimulants. Um, So these ingredients, when we kind of look at those, it's like four or five categories of ingredients. They may not cause any harm when consumed individually, but when we can when we combine them, it can cause major cardiovascular issues like, um, and this is where I'll get a little, a little sciencey on us, but the first thing is a prolonged QT interval. So a QT interval is a part of our regular heart rhythm. And so QTC is what it's called. It measures the electrical properties of the heart. And so when QTC rises, heart arrhythmias and disturbances in our heartbeat can occur And then the risk of a life-threatening cardiac event can increase. So if an energy drink is prolonging that QT interval can cause some potential dangerous side effects. Um, Energy drinks can also elevate our blood pressure. So researchers found that blood pressure was elevated as much as three and a half millimeters of mercury. It's MMHG if you're taking a look at like the acronym for that. And diastolic pressure, and then between 4.6 and 6.1 millimeters of mercury in systolic pressure over a period of four hours, which is pretty significant for it to increase your blood pressure by that much. Um, It can also cause sleep disturbances, so it can interfere with your sleep patterns due to its stimulating effect, especially if it's consumed close to bedtime. And then again, especially if it's over-consumed. So if you're having multiple of these energy drinks a day, this is where it can really cause some of those sleep disturbances. And then another important thing to mention is energy drinks can interact with certain medications, alcohol, and other supplements. So, So it may interact with certain medications or dietary supplements and can be extremely dangerous if consumed in tandem with alcohol. So you can think of like ordering a Red Bull vodka. I do not recommend that please don't do that. Yeah. Um, cause you have the alcohol, which is considered like a downer or depressant and then the energy drink or the Red Bull that's considered a stimulant. And mm-hmm. so mixing the two can be really dangerous. Yeah. And I think that's where people kind of run into some issues sometimes is not either one, you know, there's a lot of people who go their whole life with having a condition undiagnosed. Um, there's not a lot of times when people are like, you know, I have this thing like, it feels, you know, I get heart palpitations. They're like, it's probably normal. But then you mix that with, you know, as Brooke said, these things that bring us up, these stimulants, right, that are like making our heart beat faster. And those are the times when they might interact with things or even like our medications, like you said, that can just impact us so much more than we know. Oh, absolutely. And just kind of my last point here is a lot of my like athletes or active individuals who are tuning in, Certain ingredients, especially my NCAA athletes, so my college athletes competing at the NCAA level, certain ingredients like guarana, it's a type of caffeine, are banned by the NCAA. And this can be found in things like Celsius, Rockstar, Throttle Monster, Red Bull, like Bubbler. And so putting your health and eligibility at risk is just simply 
not worth it if you are somebody listening to this that you kind of fall into that category. And I actually think there are some um, some energy drinks that are like NSF certified for sport. I actually think Red Bull might be one of them. So I may have been mistaken just then. But either way, I just I don't think that the risk is worth the reward. Yeah. And if there are, you know, if you're wanting to still get the best out of your workout or your competition or whatever it is, I think there are ways, better ways that we could do that, that Mm -hmm. are more health conscious and contribute to your wellness a little bit more than just slamming the energy drinks or pre-workout powders. Yeah. Right. Which kind of brings us to, you know, the next point of these factors to consider when you're thinking about this. Because again, you know, we talked about there's people who rightfully so we're just like oh I'm just tired or you know I have this going on and then you have to consider all these things of why okay why is that happening though why are you so tired you know at two o'clock and then why are you wide awake at two in the morning and so these are just I mean there's so many factors but these are a couple so sleep right so if we're not sleeping well and then you get up the next day and you're like oh you know I just did not sleep well then we slam an energy drink or, you know, don't focus on our nutrition throughout the day, then we have this like burst of energy, you know, from the energy drink and then we crash and then we like don't have energy again. But if we're not focusing on our nutrition, we don't have any energy to bring us back up. Right. You just compound the issue over time with lack of sleep, lack of quality nutrients, um, and then adding in something maybe like an energy drink to try to give yourself that boost. Um, When in reality, that energy drink may be putting a Band-Aid over an issue instead of like addressing the root cause of why you're experiencing a lack of energy or increased fatigue. Yeah. And so sleep is a great example because sleep can get very cyclical. Like we can get into a bad, a really bad routine with sleep very fast. And there's also a lot of factors that impact our sleep. So not just slamming energy drinks, for example, but there's so many factors that can play a role. Um, You know, on the topic of caffeine, it's just like when you're in college and the the cool thing to do, I think we've talked about this before, how it's just like unfortunate that this is how it is, but it's, it was like cool to pull all-nighters and like drink energy drinks and drink a bunch of coffee and keep ourselves awake to like study till the end of end of all hours. Yeah, the like umpteenth hour. Yeah. And so I just think there's, you know, really important things that we need to consider when it comes to sleep because it really does impact our overall health. So with that is our overall diet, which I obviously mentioned, but energy truly does come majority from our food. And if we're not fueling throughout the day, if we're skipping meals, if we're kind of just eating things that don't really provide us with the nutrients or the energy that we can utilize for a long time, so that sustainable energy, that is also going to impact our energy levels immensely. Yeah, I think it's incredibly important to choose nutrient-dense meal and snack options when possible. I mean, we don't have to be perfect. And we've talked about that in the past, but if we could if we could find a good 80-20 balance, I think that would be wonderful. You know, I think mm-hmm. that'd be something that we're all aiming towards instead of, you know, maybe, again, if we are somebody who wakes up in the morning and like, oh, I'm not a breakfast person. So then I go to work, um, but I have my coffee or my energy drink or mm-hmm. my source of caffeine in the morning. So I have that. Um, and then something a meeting came up at work so I got to push off lunch Mm -hmm. and I got to push off lunch till like two and then two or three maybe um 
And then what am I choosing for lunch? Is it something from the vending machine at work? Is it fast food? And then I'm having that. And then the last couple hours of my workday or depending what type of job you have, you know, maybe your entire workday is ahead of you can really impact your energy levels from, mm-hmm. from there on out. So I think it's really important to, hey, let's wake up and have a nutrient-dense something. Right. And then let's prioritize. Maybe you can't squeeze in lunch at an awesome hour, but you could you can take a nutrient-dense snack with you. You know, maybe that's some beef jerky and um, pistachios or mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm just throwing things out there. Yeah. I mean, again, it really depends on your schedule and really depends on like the type of job you have so i know for me you know i'm i sit at a desk most of the day and so it's really easy for me to eat kind of whenever i need to besides like if i'm in meetings sometimes i have meetings back to back and you know that's just how it works but i usually always have like a pack of snacks it's so funny one of my um co-workers actually a supervisor of mine walked by the other day and was like oh, you have so many snacks because I had them all like splayed out on my desk. And I was like, I know. (laughs) And so I just like keep building them up. So it's maybe pretzels and I have hummus and I have cheese sticks that I keep in the fridge and just things that are really, really fast to eat. Like today, um, I didn't really get the breakfast that I wanted to get because I was rushing. And so I literally threw like a beef stick into my bag and a couple other things. And then it got to be about nine o'clock and I'm typically a breakfast person, but it just, today wasn't the day. And I was like, I just need some protein like so bad because I'm running on like fumes at this point from, I just had a banana. That's Mm -hmm. all I had out the door, which again, you're probably thinking, well, banana isn't a bad choice, but we burn up that energy so fast because as we've mentioned before with carbohydrates like that, we absorb that energy really, really quickly. Especially after you've just fasted for eight hours while you're sleeping. Yeah. And so I probably utilize the energy from that banana within like 30 minutes. And so <laughs> yeah. I'm like chomping at the bit to get something else. And I knew I, I just, my body wanted protein. So that's all I had, right? It's probably not the most ideal thing. I probably could have benefited from a little bit more protein than one beef stick, but it got me through. So it's some of those decisions that we can make to um, have some of those options available to us. Um, A couple other things that can really affect our energy levels are things like fluid consumption, dehydration, things like that can be. I think this is a big one that's missed. Yeah. Even in my own life. I mean, I'll be the first to say it's a constant goal that I'm working on is to drink more water. I just I've never done a great job of it. Um, Matt, my husband, has to remind me sometimes at meals to like have a glass of water Mm -hmm. with my meal. Like it, it can be I can neglect it that much. And so. I just, I just know too, like scientifically how much dehydration can impact our energy levels, both just, you know, making sure that we're hydrating with water throughout the day. Um, and then also depending on the demand of your job or your activity level, making sure that, um, you have the proper amount of electrolytes Mm -hmm. too, whether you're getting that through food or some sort of replenishment method as well. Right. I mean, a lot of us aren't going to find ourselves in like a life or death survival situation. But right. you think about the people who are like get dehydrated and start getting lethargic and they can't really focus and they get confused and all those things again would make you very fatigued. And so being hydrated, especially with the electrolyte piece is going to be really important. Um, another thing is Brooke had mentioned this a little bit, but medication usage, um, there's certain medications that are going to affect us in different ways that, 
we need to understand. So if you're taking medications, please talk to your doctor, be like, you know, what are the side effects of these? Look up the side effects. I know we all get that gigantic pamphlet whenever we get medications and we just throw it away because I'm like, I don't even want to know like what the risks are associated with this, but really read through them because it might explain why you're feeling the way you feel. A lot of people do have kind of shifts in how they feel when they start a new medication or if they combine medications when they've not done that before. And it can really affect people, um, you know, in how they focus and how they feel and fatigue levels. And so I think that's a really important piece as well. Absolutely. And I think um, to piggyback off of that, just making sure that if you do have a question, like there's no stupid question in healthcare, call your doctor, call your provider and ask, Hey, I just, you know, I just started taking this medication and I'm starting to feel X, Y, Z. What are your thoughts? Maybe not even asking like, is this normal? Mm -hmm. But what are your thoughts? Yeah. And have them kind of give you an explanation on Mm -hmm. maybe why this is happening. Um, Maybe it's something that isn't of concern, but maybe it is. So I just think always advocate for yourself, especially in the healthcare setting. If you have a question, just don't let it go. Um, Yeah. Definitely reach out and ask for help. Yeah. And with the medication usage comes like medical diagnoses. So I, for example, thinking like anemia, you know, that's really going to cause some fatigue that we don't really always understand. You know, a lot of times we get diagnoses and then like the doctor's kind of like, well, this is what you know you might experience. And they just kind of compare your symptoms with what the the diagnosis is. And they're like, this is why you feel that way. Um, However, there's sometimes when we have these diagnoses and they progress, things can get different or we can change or we can feel differently. And so I think it's really important to, again, you know, just advocate for yourself in the, in the healthcare industry that way. Um, with that, again, I said, this is like just a few things, but like, we're talking about <laughs> a lot of things because I think it's important for you guys to understand how many things impact your energy. So if you are feeling like, you know, for a week, you're like, gosh, I'm just sluggish and I just can't like get on top of it. There's probably so many things to consider in that and not just like, oh, I'm lazy or like, oh, I, you know, didn't get my energy drink today or I didn't get, you know, a good amount of caffeine today. There's probably underlying issues to why you feel the way you feel. Um, With that, again, kind of on the medical side is anxiety and depression. I mean, this can really, really impact people's energy levels to the point where they could sleep all day. Yeah. Um, And so I think that's important, too, to recognize, Um, you know, if you're someone, myself and Brooke have mentioned things with anxiety in the past, right? And if you have anxiety, you know what I'm talking about when you say sometimes it just comes out of the blue and you realize how absolutely exhausting it is. Yeah, um, like physically, yeah. as, as much as it is mental, mm-hmm. like physically exhausting sometimes too. Definitely yeah. symptoms yeah. can manifest in right. those ways. So that, um, and then also just fitness and exercise, things like that. Um, obviously, we all know that we've been told even when you're maybe a little bit sleepy, if you go to the gym, sometimes it gives you energy. Um, and so, you know, if we're being pretty sedentary, we might also find that that attributes to some of that fatigue. Yeah. A little bit of movement. I'm always a proponent of a little bit of movement really does go a long way. Right. And then just a couple more things. So stress, 
again, that kind of plays into a couple of these different factors that we've talked about, but stress is always a good one to kind of just level with yourself and be like, am I overwhelmed? Like what's going on? Is this impacting how I'm feeling um, when it comes to energy levels? Because it's absolutely, you know, something that can impact us. Day-to-day commitments is another one. Like some of us are just doing too much, you know, (laughs) like if I'm being honest, some people I'm just like, I mean, people say it about us all the time. They're like, you guys just do so much. But then I look at other people and I'm like, they're doing way more than me. Like they're doing too much. Yeah. (laughs) You know, there is, there is such a thing like of, you know, burning the candle at both ends Mm -hmm. or having too much on your plate. And we all use those terms really loosely, but it definitely can contribute to your overall energy levels, especially if you're getting to the point, you know, where burnout is a real thing. Like Mm -hmm. it exists and, um, it can absolutely impact how you feel right on a day-to-day basis. Yeah. And like, I know even this week, like I had a lot going on. I had clients after my full work day and then I like made cookies for a, a cookie exchange and I had to prep for Christmas and I had to kind of do all these things and it feels like I get off work and then I go to work and then I do more work and then I go to bed and I repeat. Yeah. What is it with the end of the year? Cause I, I feel know. the same way. It's like, I'm trying to cram all of these meetings and deadlines and work projects in this week um, because, sorry, we're recording this around Christmas. I don't, I don't exactly know <laughs> when it will come out, um, but I'm trying to get everything done by the end of this week so that I can enjoy a week with my family because um, I only get to see family once or twice a year now. So it's just, yeah, it's a stressful time of year and it kind of makes me sad a little bit thinking about um, you know, when you're a kid mm. and like Christmas is so magical and everything feels like it slows down a little bit cause you get time off of school, but time yeah. is, time is so, time is such a funny concept, but then you become an adult and it's like, no, actually we're just rushing around to make sure that we can try to enjoy, you know, three to mm-hmm. four, maybe five days if you're lucky off of work or maybe two days. Ex- yeah. Right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Well, and that, I mean, a good interjection is, you know, talking about that because, like I mentioned this week, I'm so busy, but then I'm wide awake at 11 o'clock at night. And why is that? You know, it's it's not because I didn't eat enough throughout the day. I know that. It's probably because my time commitments are too much and my stress is probably a little bit higher and all of these things, you know, that are impacting my energy levels. Yeah. And that cyclical cycle of, um, hey, time to be awake and then, hey, time to shut it down and go mm-hmm. to sleep. Um And we're not going to get into, you know, all the REM cycles and sleep cycles today, but um, we're absolutely all on a daily time clock. So, yeah. Yeah. And then the last two things I will mention are things like smoking and alcohol. So um, we know that smoking can also cause this kind of like energy to us. Um, And so people who smoke before bed, things like that, smoke throughout the day might affect how their their energy levels ebb and flow throughout the day um and then alcohol it's like if you're drinking at three in the afternoon it's probably gonna make you tired and then might impact how you sleep and or if you're uh, drinking right before bed we know that that impacts sleep and some of those REM cycles that we were just talking about and I know um sometimes people think like oh you know a glass of wine before bed just helps me get to sleep and that may be the case actually like there's research shows that alcohol alcohol can help you get to sleep faster but it does not improve your Mm -hmm. quality of sleep. It actually worsens your quality of sleep. So just something to consider 
Um, and then a little bit circling back to the smoking, would you say that this is all tobacco use too? So like chewing or any yeah. like tobacco or nicotine yeah. use maybe? Yep. Like even like vaping? And- I think they're all, I mean, I this is just me saying this because I think this is what it is, but I think they are all considered like a stimulant. Like they are well, giving us. Well, they have, I think all of them have nicotine in them, which is the stimulant. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know how that. I'm not a smoker, so I'm not well versed in that area. Me either. <laughs> but me either. But I think that they do. They they do that where they give you that energy, and so it's like, yeah, it's just like if you. Again, I know a lot of people who drink coffee. A lot of people used to say like, "Don't drink coffee past two o'clock," but I know a lot of people who drink at the office coffee until four or five o'clock. You know, and and or they're having an energy drink before they go work out at night. And then that caffeine is not fully like processed through their body by the time they're trying to go to sleep. And so that then impacts their sleep. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Well, maybe we'll post that list of just things to consider Mm -hmm. with energy levels, as well as maybe a few of the more tangible things that you could try what I'm about to talk about. Just a few natural ways to boost energy. Maybe we'll post both of those in a graphic when we post this episode. So, um, kind of what I want to talk about next is again, just some of those, a little bit more tangible ways that we can boost energy, especially if you're sleeping seven to nine hours per night, you're eating enough to meet your daily needs. And then if you are an athlete or an active individual enough to meet your daily needs and your performance demands, you feel like you're consuming a well-balanced diet and you're hydrating properly but you still feel like you need this extra energy boost, you could try, potentially try some of the following. So first things first, we talked about some natural caffeine sources. So I'm going to give you a few examples. So a natural caffeine source could be something like coffee or espresso. And I know Peyton mentioned the limits for both pregnant individuals and limits for us non-pregnant people. Um, So (laughs) pregnancy, again, the upper limit or what's recommended is no more than 200 milligrams a day. And for the rest of us, that would be around 400 milligrams a day. So research though has shown consuming coffee or espresso one hour prior to exercising can serve as what's called an ergogenic aid. This basically just means a performance enhancing measure. And so I get questions all the time about like how much is too much caffeine. And so again, that upper limit is around that 500, four to 500 milligram mark. And like Peyton mentioned at the beginning of this podcast, one cup of coffee or one shot of espresso can contain somewhere between 90 and 100 milligrams of caffeine. So coffee or espresso is the first natural caffeine source that you could take a look into. And then the second one is using things more like green tea or matcha tea. So inherently this is less caffeinated. However, like Peyton mentioned a little bit earlier, each of our tolerances are a bit different and certain forms and amounts of caffeine affect us differently. So maybe you're somebody that's like, hey, I would like to um, start to maybe incorporate caffeine into the timing of my workouts to try and maybe get the best possible solution. Again, depending on the time of day, maybe you work out at 5 p.m. and you're like, mm, it, it's just not going to work for work for me. But maybe you exercise in the morning or have a specific competition coming up that that you want to incorporate some caffeine into. But you know your tolerance is pretty low. Maybe start to try like green tea or or matcha, something like that. Um, some other natural caffeine sources, like Peyton mentioned earlier, are the that dark chocolate or like cocoa 
powder as well. Yeah. And I know, so I had mentioned that I'm really sensitive to caffeine. Um, Matcha is one that I love. I really love matcha and I love like making my own at home too. Um, But sometimes I can even only do like half a cup. So just base it on your tolerance. But if you want to ease into it, that is lesser um, caffeine. Otherwise you can do decaf. There's still caffeine in decaf. It's just like a very scant amount. Um, So those are some options too, if you are like super sensitive like me, but still want a little bit of that. Yeah, absolutely. And I know that I'm kind of tapping into more of the performance realm. And that's just because this is my area of expertise. But a few of the next Um, items I'm going to mention aren't caffeine related. So you could potentially try um, beetroot juice or beetroot powder. So we all know beets or maybe you don't know what a beet is, but it's a root vegetable and it's in season here in the summertime. So again, this is more for those athletes or active individuals looking for an energy boost during a workout. But what beets contain are what's called nitrates and nitrates are considered vasodilators. So if you're like, okay, what's a vasodilator? When we say vasodilate, we essentially mean the dilation or opening up of your blood vessels to allow for better blood flow to your muscles. And inherently that provides more oxygen to those muscles. So consuming beetroot juice or beetroot powder before you exercise can just help open up those blood vessels to allow for some better blood flow to your limbs, like your arms, legs, what you're using to exercise. So it could be a way that you're able to kind of boost, boost energy throughout the day or before strenuous exercise. Tart cherry juice is another one that this is not a vasodilator, but it has quite a few benefits. So tart cherry juice contains antioxidants and anti-inflammatory compounds, such as what's called anthocyanins, which may help reduce inflammation or reduce muscle soreness in the body. Um, But tart cherry juice can also improve the quality and duration of your sleep. And that is because tart cherry juice contains some compounds that are essentially um, have been titled as like a, a natural form of melatonin. So they help you produce melatonin naturally and then help you get to sleep faster and stay asleep longer. So could also help with the sleep component as well as the reducing inflammation component. And the last thing that I will say is making sure that you're choosing complex carbohydrate sources at meal and snack time. So again, complex carbohydrates are found in foods such as whole grains, lentils and legumes, vegetables, and they're broken down slowly by the body, which help provide that sustained energy. So Remember, kind of like we mentioned at the beginning of this episode, if you're not consuming enough calories or enough carbohydrates, you very well could be experiencing fatigue or that persistent tiredness. And so let's choose quality carbohydrates, again, like those whole grains, lentils or legumes, fruits and vegetables to help boost energy levels in a sustained and optimal way. Because again, food is fuel. Yeah. So especially in the, you know, those people who do like to work out in the afternoon, like I'm an afternoon workout person. I I don't really like getting up in the morning and doing it. Um, Just to put it in perspective for caffeine, the half-life of caffeine, which is basically like at what point it's reduced by half. So if we think about a cup of coffee, for example, or let's go with an energy drink, think 200 milligrams. Yeah. How, what she means by half-life is like, how long does this stick around in your system? Yes. Yeah. Um, so if you have, you know, 
this energy drink, 200 milligrams, between four and six hours later, it's only going to hit about 100 milligrams. So 100 milligrams of caffeine is still going to be circulating in your body. So four to six hours, like we think that, you know, if I'm like, okay, I'm going to have this energy drink at six o'clock, I'm going to go to my workout. So six, seven, eight, nine, 10, maybe 11 or midnight is when you're going to hit still 100 milligrams of caffeine in your body. And that's not including maybe what you've had earlier in the day. Right. Absolutely. So that's where I just want to put it in perspective that can really impact your sleep that way um, or just impact fatigue in general. And so I think that's important to consider too. So that's where, you know, some of these food sources can be really important to Yeah, include. you could opt just to try to overall enhance your diet and kind of figure out what you're missing. Um, iron is another one that we didn't talk about, but iron helps facilitate like oxygen to your muscles. And so maybe I know Peyton mentioned anemia mm -hmm. earlier, but maybe you are anemic. And so trying to enhance your diet with food first would be my number one suggestion. But especially if you are an afternoon exerciser and you are still trying to kind of boost your energy levels in that workout session, maybe you could try some beetroot powder or beetroot mm -hmm. juice and um, maybe you could mix it with something like tart cherry juice or Gatorade beforehand or throw it in a smoothie and kind of have it as like your pre-workout smoothie. And that way you're not consuming any caffeine, um, but you could see if something like that could really help you and be of benefit to you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Because obviously caffeine can be performance enhancing, um, as you mentioned. So we don't want to be like, well, I don't want to get the most, like not the most bang for my buck at the end of the day. Right. Like I want the same benefits, but if we're feeling throughout the day, we should be able to utilize that energy to do that. Um, and same thing with recovering and making sure we're eating the right things post-workout as well to, to replenish some of that. Absolutely. It's, I mean, it's totally appropriate to take a look at your schedule and, um, and daily routines and just make sure that some of these recommendations like would work for you or um, maybe based on the time of day that you that you do get some movement in you're like hey you know what um, having a double shot of espresso before my 6 p.m. workout may not work for me mm -hmm. and that's totally fine that's that's okay right. um, but then maybe you enter into I don't know some sort of competition like you're going to run a half marathon or compete in a CrossFit competition or a powerlifting meet, or I don't know. Um, and you want to like on a weekend or something, and you want to incorporate, you know, that shot of espresso beforehand as that ergogenic aid. Awesome. Yeah. yeah maybe try it out. Right. Cool. Cool. Anything else to add to that? I don't think so. Yeah. I think that's the main thing. And I think just kind of circling back, you know, we did talk about the marketing of things. And I know there was I'm not going to speak specific names, but there was um, a product that was really marketed to like young teen males specifically, um, as almost like a gaming fuel. And it's kind of like, especially if we are living sedentary lives, we really need to be careful about some of these energy drinks that we're, you know, because if we're drinking all that, and then not expending that energy, where is it going? <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. So just pay attention to the marketing of your food and drink products, mm -hmm. even when out to eat, you know, just pay attention, keep an extra eye out. Um, yeah. 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 I think just main message, focus on what you have control over and just be in tune with all the other factors that can play a role in energy. And if you have any questions, 
reach out to us. Um, you can DM us. We'll, we're happy to answer that. But otherwise, um, be sure to leave us a review. Um, rate us five stars if you've liked uh, our episode so far. Go listen to the other episodes if you have not. Yes. And um, follow us at Wellbound Podcast on Instagram. That's where you can DM us. And that's where you can find some of the graphics that we'll post just to kind of give you guys a visual of some of the stuff we talked about today. So cool. All righty. See you next time. Bye. Bye.